Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. We have another great one for you this week. We sure do. A couple things of Disney news. I know, Angela, you have, a, I think, Angela's App Corner update uh, for us as well. <gasps> I but, do, and I forgot before, about it. But before we get to that, a couple quick pieces of Disney news. So Disney announced they're building a new resort on the site of the old River Country water park. So it's near Fort Wilderness Lodge. So it's going to be a, a nature-inspired um hotel roughly 900 rooms don't know too much about it no name or anything it's scheduled to open in 2022 so it's kind of a few years away but it looks like it'll be a a pretty nice resort there yeah that sounds exciting and then in baby animal news i know (gasps) angela you love baby animal news so a baby okapi or okapi i guess depending on how you say it, i've heard it both ways are you serious yes was born at the animal kingdom lodge october 1st so, oh my gosh. And for those of you who don't know what a copy is, they are like the most adorable animal. They're the only living relative of the giraffe. And it looks like a zebra Cross with some kinda. sort of, yeah, weird deer, it's got, it's got like horse zebra creatures. Legs. Yeah, they're kind of reddish. Their fur is kind of reddish. And then their legs are striped like a zebra. But they are very cute. So uh, a baby was born. And it's pretty rare. I think in the press release, I read that there were only 5,000, I think, Okapis or Okapis, whatever. You're looking at me um, like I know how in, many Okapis there are. I think there's roughly 5,000. So it's pretty rare that they have uh, a new one that's born. So this was part of kind of their breeding program. So it's pretty good that, that they have one. You know, they're monitoring it. The mom and baby are backstage for a few months just to make sure, you know, they're both doing okay and bonding properly before they'll be back out. But I would imagine within a few months, everything goes well, they'll kind of be back on. And then again, this is at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So this is, if you stay at the lodge, the middle of it is a zoo, and they have all the animals yeah, in there. Yeah, if you eat at uh, Sanaa, Sana, you can also see it, and you can, I mean, you can always go there no matter what, but eating at Sanaa would offer you some nice access, and you can kind of check it out while you wait. Correct, correct. So, all right, so that, that's all I had for Disney News. Do you want to jump into your, my app, your, corner? your app corner? Okay, so... This, um, is, this was huge news. Oh my goodness. Okay, Huge so news for you this The week. last time we had Angela's app corner, I was saying that I was pretty much done with Disney Heroes. Well, here's the thing. I never quit. I got dedicated to the crafts and dedicated to the game. This is what happens with me with apps. I don't know when to quit. So now I have like a lot of the heroes that there are to offer. But in order to keep you coming back for more, they add to you know they add heroes and so you know for a while they've had stitch and i've wanted stitch but he's hard to get well i was getting ready to quit and then an update come up came out and it is the their new thumbnail as well and i freaked out they added three not heroes but villains the first one hades pretty awesome second one maleficent awesome and then i think disney's been listening to me because they brought their most forgotten and neglected villain and most talented of all time scar to the game so now i'm in it to win it now you're hooked they finally uh include the lion king in something you've only been complaining that the lion king is is not in enough stuff so they get scar in the heroes game Right. Which seems like And a they don't really have any animal complete characters twist. in that game. Complete twist there. Too much? Well, I guess they, they do have Zootopia animals, but... Um, but huge twist. They bring a villain yeah. in, into the Heroes game, and now you are hooked for and life. And I am all in. 
It is an exclusive thing. You basically have to buy it to get it. I'm waiting for them to kind of rotate it in because I've noticed that older heroes like that, that they make these exclusive VIP ones that you basically have to pay to get, eventually get rotated into the normal stuff. So I'm hoping soon Scar will, they'll add more heroes and then Scar will become something that I can get. This game still makes no sense to me because it looks like you press a button and then just watch it do crazy things for 30 seconds and then all of a sudden stuff flashes and points add up. It doesn't look like you actually do anything at all, but for some reason you love it. So, but now that there's Scar, I, at least at least you're trying to do something. Now now I can kind of wrap my head around it a little bit. But. It's basically like Pokemon without the actual having the battle part. So you're, you're creating a team and assembling the team um, and trying to make the best team, but you don't have any control over the attacks that they use, basically. On to the main topic for this week. I think Disney has been listening because I have in my hand something that we got in the mail this week, and it is a brochure for Adventures <laughs> by Disney. Yes. Now, I I definitely requested this, so I guess they weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> you did? No, no yeah. I, I, You're sneaky. Yeah, so... It sounded better that hey they just sent it to us out of the blue. I didn't even know that you didn't even no, bother so, to tell so, me that. So adventures, we adventures by by Disney is something we'll, we'll kind of get into it. But you know you can go on their website and like request more information because there was there was a trip or something that came up. I think one of the California ones that I saw that I was kind of interested in. So I requested some more information. So we kind of got this whole pamphlet. But I we thought get this really nice brochure. Yeah, they do a great job. It's a nice booklet w- with the marketing and. They do a great job with the marketing because when we get into how much these trips cost, um, <laughs> it, it makes sense. They have plenty they of really money. They really have to sell hard. They have plenty of money to do this. So I, I thought it would be for an interesting show to kind of give a little bit of the background, the Adventures by Disney experience, talk about some of the trips, because I don't think it's something that a lot of people really know about Yeah. Um, as far as kind of things that Disney offers. Why are all of our animals choosing to be obnoxious today? So, you know, it, it's really for someone that, you know, kind of likes that like Disney World experience where you're completely taken care of the second you get off the plane and you, you want to go and take that experience and go to, you know, some other, you know, foreign country. A lot of these trips are in the United States, but a lot of the trips are in foreign countries as well. Yes. So it's, it's kind of a great thing. So, and actually the first two experiences were U.S. experiences. And so this is a relatively recent kind of addition to Disney. The whole company started in 2005. So it's only actually 13 years old. So it's relatively recent. And again, nice. it's it started with just two experiences in the U.S. And now, I mean, there's probably uh, 20 or 30. everywhere. I read the entire pamphlet and they are basically on every continent except for Antarctica. Yes, I was going to say they're on six continents now. Um, and they're actually, I read, they're a part of, they're a division of the parks, and they're part of the Signature Experience Division, <laughs> which makes sense because this, like I said, is yeah, more, this this is high scale, yeah, and, and it's under the same kind of division as the cruise lines and things like that. And I have to imagine, I don't know where the Star Wars hotel is going to fall in, but I know that's kind of their like Disney 360 experience. I'm I'm sure that's going to be kind of this whole Signature Experience as well, where it's a a start to finish vacation kind of curated by Disney. Mm-hmm. But it, it it is pretty interesting 
you know, so like I said, it's a it's a great way. God bless you, Loki. It's a great way to, you know, kind of experience different cultures and, and different places that you may not go typically and do it in a way where you kind of, like I said, you, you get that, you know, kind of level of service and, and things that you would expect from Disney. Um, no, we haven't we haven't done one of these yet, but I mean, just kind of reading up on it and seeing it, you can kind of, you know, see the quality of it. Yeah, I, from reading the the pamphlet, I basically got out of it that their Disney difference is they emphasize there's no worries or you have very few. Like most of your stuff is covered, most of your meals, most of your tips, and um, they make all of your reservations for you. They have you stay in high quality facilities whenever you go to these places. So for the most part, you're not paying a lot. Yeah, that's I was yeah just actually just gonna say that that. Basically, everything's covered except for your airfare to and from um, the location itself. And you get two adventure guides as well. So, you know, it's a small group and then you have a couple people kind of guiding you, which helps. Right. And then one of those tour guides is generally from the region. So you will have somebody there. And this is the thing that they... This is what I think sets them apart from making these vacations by yourself is that they have somebody who's a local. So they really emphasize the ability that you can kind of immerse yourself in the culture and in the food of the region. Whereas if you made your own um, sort of vacation in these places, it might be a little daunting or um, it might seem, you know, it's kind of scary because you don't, you might not speak the language. Like if you go to China, uh, a lot of people don't know how to speak Mandarin, so it's it's kind of nice, right? Yeah, it's a it's like that's a great point. It is. It's a great way to go to to someplace new where you like you said you have a guide to so somebody that can show you the way and kind of you know help you navigate the culture and everything. So I think that that is does seem to be kind of the main benefit to doing the adventure by Disney is the guide and then also the planning. You know, because these are pretty big vacations. They're mostly. 10 a lot of them are 10 11 day vacations so that's a, that's a pretty big thing to plan uh for somebody so you know you can kind of not have to worry about any of that stuff if you take one of these trips exactly and one of the other things that they like to emphasize is that they try to you know make it known that they try to get you into the culture and so they get you into these places uh, that you might otherwise skip over if you're planning your own trip so right and like like VIP and like backstage access yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. They have these other things. There are some things that are Disney exclusives that they don't do for anybody else. But also what I'm talking about is like they will take you to a place. It's like a small village that you might bypass if you're making your own trip. But they want to kind of show you the the slow life. Or uh, I think there was the, the Japan one. They talk about going to a village that seems like it's frozen in time. So this might be a place that you might not choose to go to on your own but it might be beautiful enough and exciting enough that you would remember it and it would be a place that you would be excited about telling your friends about yeah so let, let's kind of jump into this and, and kind of like walk through a couple of these i found several so I, like i said i went through the the pamphlet and i found the ones that i thought were the most intriguing uh they have a lot of really cool ones but the ones that i thought would probably have the most value is the ones where you don't speak the language. So they have cool ones like in Wyoming where you can go to the Grand Tetons and I think Yellowstone. And um, so it's, it's Jackson Hole, Brooks Lake, 
Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks, which is really, really cool. It's a cool trip, but that might be something that you can kind of plan on your own. Some of their Central and South America trips are really cool. And of course, you're not speaking English. So unless you're fluent in multiple languages, this might be difficult for you to do on your own. So their trips to, I thought that their trip to Ecuador and their one to Peru sounded really great. For example, their Ecuador trip, they have one that does, that covers the Amazon and the Galapagos Islands. So it says experience a nocturnal guided walk in the rainforest during your four night river cruise in the Amazon basin. Discover giant land tortoises and sea lions as you snorkel, swim, and hike the Galapagos Islands and explore Spanish colonial architecture, local markets, and artisan studios on a walking tour through Quito, sorry, uh, a vibrant historical city nestled in the foothills of the Andes. So that last one I starred because I thought it seemed like, again, something that you might pass over if you're making your own trip, but it would be cool to go to with a big group of people uh, and have a translator with you. If you don't know Spanish. Right. And so, and just to, like I said, to k- kind of give you an idea. So this trip is a 12 day, 11 night trip. So like I said, these are very, these are longer trips. So they're not kind of your, you know, typical weekend or even like five or six day trips. They're, they're typically 10, 11, 12 days. Now they do have a few and they're mostly U.S. and Canada based ones where it's kind of this new thing that they're rolling out in the past couple of years of the idea of a long weekend. Mm-hmm. So they're four or five day trips. And I think they're kind of doing that. It's a lower price point type thing. But the, the, the majority of these trips and especially the overseas ones are these kind of week and a half long trips where yeah, you're spending three or four days in a couple different cities and really, like you said, immersing yourself in everything. In addition to those, there's a lot of U.S. ones, but there's also four-day, three-night trips to Barcelona, Copenhagen, and Rome, in addition to the one in Disneyland, and then there's other ones in, in the yeah, other they have in U.S. Yeah, New York, places. Boston, San Francisco, uh, kind of all over. And like I said, that's newer, so it's expanding. But but kind of going back to this one in, in Ecuador, you know, just to kind of give you more of an idea... And this is where, you know, it sounds great. Like what you said sounds amazing. It's 12 days. You get 30 meals included. You go to 14 different sites. But then you go to the price tag and it's starting from $9,000 a person. Wow. That's (laughs) steep. And that doesn't include your airfare to or from Ecuador. Wow. And so it, it is like they sound amazing and the things you get to do are phenomenal, but the the people they're catering to it, it's kind of, it's on a whole other level. I don't know. So you figure, I mean, just the two of us, that would be at a minimum twenty thousand dollars to go on a trip like this. I mean, that's crazy. That, yeah, that's. I feel like for that price, you want it to be kind of a like a trip of a lifetime. And what they do, a lot of it does sound very memorable, but I'm not sure that it is enough to make it worth that price point. Like I could imagine you pay that and you're kind of let down to an extent. Yeah. And, and why I say that is because looking at their one in Australia and kind of what they did. So a year ago or so now we visited uh, Australia and New Zealand for two weeks and we did a lot of the stuff that they do on this Australian trip. So their one to Australia is an 11 day trip. Uh, you start out in Sydney, you go to, the Sydney Opera, you go out to Ayers Rock. Now, this sounds pretty cool. You do a, a sunrise. Or Uluru. It's, yeah. it's that the natives call it Uluru. Right. So you do a sunrise camel ride, 
which Ooh. I thought was pretty interesting. And then you go up to Cairns and swim in the Great Barrier Reef. Now, notably absent is a trip to the Daintree Ice Cream Company. <laughs> Daintree Day. Which is, if anybody is ever in near the Daintree in Australia, I know that's not a place people frequent, definitely stop at the Daintree Ice Cream Company. Yeah. Because it is phenomenal. They yeah. have soursop and yes. water sea. They have okay. a lot of they have a lot of exotic flavors there, but Can it's delicious. Can we stop to talk about soursop for like just two point five seconds? It, it I'll is, time you. It okay. Well, don't time me. Oh, time's up, <laughs> and we have to move on. No, go ahead. It's it's a fruit, and it's kind of white and a little and like kind of milky. It's it's really. I don't know, soppy in your hand. It's really kind of wet and sort of gross. Like, but you put it in your mouth and it's just the correct mix of sweet and tasty and fruity. Like a lot of tropical fruits are sort of, I don't know, they can kind of taste a little weird. It was a beautiful, delicious fruit. They had a lot of great flavors. Like I said, sour sop, a wattle seed, uh, jackfruit, which kind of tastes like a juicy fruit gum. I know know you weren't, I know you weren't a a huge (laughs) fan of that one, but yeah, but a lot of great flavors. So, uh, you Check know, out Daintree Ice Cream Yeah, quick, quick ad. I think they sell it now in, in cans, in stores in cans. So if you go on this tour and you have some time in, in cans after your Great Barrier Reef tour, get some Daintree Ice Cream Company ice cream. Yeah, Not a great. sponsor, but if they could somehow ship it to us, yeah, we, I, I would be a sponsor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it would probably melt by time I got here. Send us so, some. <laughs> so, uh, and then you know, they also go to Karanda, which is the city in the rainforest out there. And then I think it ends in um, in Brisbane. I think on the Gold Coast is where it ends. So a lot of that stuff we did. I mean, we went to Sydney. We went to the Great Barrier Reef. The only thing we didn't do is Uluru. Yeah, so so we did a lot of that stuff. I mean, while it is pretty amazing to, to kind of go do that, Disney's price tag is starting at $7,800 a person. Yeah. So, and I know, you know, when we went, like, again, this doesn't include airfare. I mean, we did not spend... We didn't spend that much for the two of us to go there, including our airfare. So I feel like if I would go, and since I since we did a lot of this stuff, if we would have spent, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars with Disney plus airfare, I may have been a little bit disappointed. Just because, <laughs> like I said, it's it's cool stuff to do, and and it's neat right. to see that and to be immersed in the culture. And, and I mean, definitely if anybody, if you have the chance to go, I mean, the Sydney opera house is great to see. Yeah, It's, it's so much different to Kansas see in person. Kansas is beautiful, but you can't go in the ocean because there are crocodiles that go into the ocean yeah, jellyfish. and jellyfish. So well, everything wants to kill you in Australia. I mean, honestly, we saw very little of things that wanted to kill you, but you couldn't go in the water because there. of crocs and jellyfish. Oh, good night. So, I mean, you can go in the great barrier reef. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I, I just feel like that, it, wow, it it was a great trip. If if you would spend this kind of money, I feel like you, you could probably you, you plan may it be on a little your bit. Own. Yeah, you. But, if no, your but I feel like, on top of things. I feel like you may be, or you are, you may be a little let down from it. So that so that's why I could only imagine seeing the price of some of these other ones because I mean, like the one to Japan, I think is ten or eleven thousand dollars a person. Like I I could imagine that. Yes, it sounds great, but I think in actuality. It's a lot of this stuff may not live up to the price tag, and I wonder if they do. Ha- like, I wonder what their kind of reviews are for it. If they do get some of that, people are unsatisfied just because of the, the the price of it. My question is, how much is the one to China? Because that one sounds incredible. I mean, there's a lot of big cities, ones that I can't pronounce, but Hong Kong, Beijing. You go to Shanghai, and you go you get to go to the Great Wall, which is something that I would love to do. And then they also visit both of the Disney 
lands in China, which I think would be a lot of fun. And again, because neither of us speak Mandarin, this is this would be a cool thing to have locals with us. And we would know that, like, I'm sure Disney would provide some sort of translator. So it's not as daunting of a trip like you and I probably wouldn't go to China on our own. So. Right. So this that one starts at eighty six hundred dollars. So it's not bad. But this is this is kind of another thing, though, you touched upon. So part of that trip is going to the Disney parks. So a lot of their, not I guess not a lot of their trips, but they have a California trip that includes a couple of days at Disneyland. They have, the, you know, the, the trip to China that includes trips to their park. Their trip to Japan, interestingly enough, does not include a trip to Tokyo Disney, or and that may be because Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, that that may be because. Disney doesn't fully own that park, but they do have like an add-on experience. So you can go to Japan for 11 days and then add on uh, two or three days to Tokyo Disney. So they are... That seems like it's it's an oversight on their part. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it may be because they don't fully own that park. Yeah. So, you know, they, they kind of have that as well. You know, if you like to go, if you want to go to a park, you know, in a different country, you have the opportunity to do that as well. Mm-hmm. in some of these and that's kind of the it one just makes them seem more accessible right and that would be you know like looking at these that would be what i would want to do i mean i'm kind of with you you know maybe if you would go to someplace like you said like a china or someplace or ecuador or that you Peru. don't speak the language yeah, yeah. I, I think this would be a good way to go you're, you're with a, a group a small group of people so it's probably a little bit safer you have guides right you have people kind of you know making sure you don't get lost and and yeah. You know, finding your way. I would just love to have a gateway experience with going to a Spanish speaking country personally, because I know some Spanish and I would love to try to try out my Spanish and see how much I could, you know, use my mental faculties to sort of piece together and communicate with locals. But my issue would be that I'd be afraid that I'd get myself in some sort of bind and not be able to communicate myself fully. So, right. Because there'd def- be a nice. Yeah, callback. there definitely is that. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you- you don't want to travel if you don't know language because it is intimidating. Mm-hmm. The one that I would want to do, and this is a U.S.-based one, because I think this is probably one of the the more interesting VIP experiences that you can't typically do, is would be going to the one in California because you actually get to take a tour of uh, Walt Disney Studios and you get to take a tour of Disney Imagineering. So you you cannot just go up. So a lot of the other studios like. I think Warner Brothers, Universal, like they have regular studio tours that you can go on anytime you want. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I would love to see some of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, even when that experience where you used to draw in Disney World. uh, Yeah, the Animation Academy. Right. That felt like a behind the scenes and it was so cool. So I can only imagine something that was actually a behind the scenes experience. Right. Yeah. So to my point, but Disney, well, those other studios have typical tours. Disney does not have public tours so this is one of the only ways you know one of the basically few ways that you can do this i think some of their d23 fan club members do get to do a tour every now and then they open that up to them but if you do you know this adventure by disney you get to go behind the scenes and imagining which i think would be a fascinating day just to kind of explore that i think you get to explore the archives you get a VIP behind-the-scenes tour of Disneyland. I, that, I think, would be worth it to me because that's something that you can't do no matter what. I mean, to your point, 
there are some things in these other ones that I'm sure other people can't do normally, but I think a lot of it you could book yourself if you wanted to. Right. And the other thing that I, they don't get into much detail, and I'm sure if you went online and really checked it out, they do emphasize that they're good with families and that they have certain activities for junior explorers. So it kind of sounds like Disney might sort of take care of your kids for a little bit and allow you some adult time. Well, they do, they do have on a couple of them, I saw looking into them like Disney Junior nights where they have where they show i don't know if they like show like the disney junior characters are there they they show disney junior cartoons and movies but they do kind of factor that in to some of their evenings because these trips aren't fully planned i mean there are you know open slots where you have just free time in the city to do whatever you want to you know do yourself yeah um but then yeah i think they have you know some of these some nights where it's a disney junior experience and it's it's they do special things geared more towards children. Right. And they do also, in case you're a, like a couple that doesn't have children like Joe and I, they do have some adult-only experiences. My only issue with them, and again, I have just the brochure, so I haven't check, checked out the full list of things that they do. But a lot of them do seem like they're sort of, you know, alcohol-centric, you know, go along and try out this different wine vineyards and things. So it's, it's kind of like the food and wine idea. Right, I mean, food, right. Food and wine such a you know huge thing for them. It makes sense. And all, like I said, all it this makes, is an extension of the parks. Yeah, kind it of. makes sense. But for you and you and I who aren't really heavily, like we, we're not really into drinking that much. I mean, the food part, of course, is appealing to me, but the drinking part, not so much. So I don't know. I, I would kind of like to see for them in the future to add some other like adult only activities or, or something just to sort of bolster that a little bit. Right. Yeah. So I think overall, I mean, again, this is really for, I think, somebody that has, you know, a lot of money to kind of go on one of these trips. Basically, did you hit the Powerball? Yes or no? Yeah. But but you don't want to play it. Are you the CEO of Walmart? But you don't want to. Yeah. But you don't want to plan it. You know, or you kind of want that, like you said, you know, a private guide, special behind the scenes tours, you know, that kind of thing. So I think if that's where you fall, you know, these are definitely great experiences. I think for the majority of the, you know, people, I, I like I said, I think I don't necessarily see the value in, in them. You know, I, I do see some value. But I think a lot of this you could book yourself and you could, you know, if you went to a travel agent, because they have the itineraries. I mean, you could almost print it out, go to a travel agent and say, I want to do a similar itinerary. You probably wouldn't be able to do everything or maybe, you know, spend as much time there. But I think you could do a lot of the stuff on these trips for cheaper. Yeah, you definitely could. Um, I mean, we're, you know, I kind of look at these and it's, you know, some of these places are, are places we want to go like Costa Rica. Japan, different things like that. And I've looked at them. It's like, hey, these are, like I said, great kind of, you know, rough outlines for your own trip. Yeah, you know, you can kind of piggyback on what they've already found. It's like, hey, if it's good enough for Disney to include on their experience, it, it must be something worthwhile to see. Right. The only thing you don't get is the benefit of the local guide. The and I, guide, I do, right. We, you and I have never traveled internationally in the, in the fact that we've t- traveled to a country that we don't speak the language. So I, I don't know how invaluable that is until we actually get ourselves right. into that situation, yeah, until that, we go to Japan or something. Yeah, yeah. that, that is kind of like, a, like the wild card to it. So again, I, I think it's for a smaller subset of the people. I definitely think they, they do look like pretty amazing trips. I mean, if you're going anywhere for 10 or 11 days and doing some of the stuff, like I said, just going off of the trip, the Australia trip, having done, you know, uh, maybe half of the stuff that they're doing. 
I mean, it is an amazing trip. Right. Uh, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't think you need a guide in Australia. I think you could yeah. probably you know book, what? E- book that email, stuff together. Email so. Joe and I, and we'll tell you where we went, what we did, and uh, just, you know what? You don't have to even pay us half of the money you ha- you pay. You're gonna pay Disney. You can just pay us like you know a couple thousand dollars. We'll take that. I mean, it's it's. I think that's a deal, right? <laughs> I'll say if you want my itinerary, I give it to you for free. Just uh, bring me back wow. some Daintree ice cream. Wow, you're not you're not good at monetizing here. I know. I don't. <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, well. But yeah, so I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we kind of looked into it. And I think it's good to talk about because, again, I don't think a lot of people know about this. I and mean, they don't really push it that much. Never no. really. I mean, anytime you go to the parks, they're always pushing um, DVC, you know, signups. or yeah, Disney com- Vacation Club. Or coming back to the parks. Exactly. But, but you never really see like an adventure by... Disneyland pushes that, I feel like, more than Disney World. I mean, but, but that was you- the only place you could get pins. I don't know about that, but you never see, you know, kind of the adventures uh, by Disney. Next time we go, I think I'm going to, now that I know about it, um, it's kind of like pin trading. We didn't know about pin trading and I never really realized how big it was. Then once we started pin trading, you kind of see it everywhere. Yeah. It's that, I forget what that effect is that whenever you know about something, you see it everywhere. Yeah. You see it everywhere. It's kind of in your mind's eye. So I think now that I know about this, I'll be on the lookout to see if there are you know, some science for it. Now that I kind of think about it, I vaguely, and maybe I'm just kind of making this up, but I vaguely remember an Adventures by Disney booth in Disney Springs, but I could be completely making that up. But I'm definitely going to be on the lookout uh, more for it going forward. But, so if anybody has is interested in this, in doing one, and they, they do it because they're talking about it, or, or they, uh, or you've done an Adventure by Disney, we'd love to know, you know, please, you know, let us know what, what you thought about it because I'd love to hear some feedback some, from some people that have actually taken one. Okay, that's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, by the way. Oh, so, say that three times fast. Bader-Meinhof, Bader-Meinhof, Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. <laughs> Maybe I'll remember it now. <laughs> doubtful, doubtful. We'll, we'll be a quiz next week. Will be a quiz There next will week? be a quiz next oh, week. Will huh? be, okay. Yeah, so. All right, but I think that kind of you know wraps up this week's episode. Mm-hmm. want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating or a review. Uh, and until next week, thanks and, and have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.